Does money cause you stress? When a new life situation arises, do you worry how that will affect your budget and cash flow? Managing money is not always easy, but learning how to plan, set, and adjust goals as needed can help keep stress to a minimum and your financial success on a steady course. Welcome to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. Your future plan starts right here. Here's Debbie. Hello, this is Debbie Peterson with Money Counts. You are listening today to Unleashing Your Money's Hidden Potential, and I'm really excited. We have a guest speaker with us today, Amy Lynn Johnson, and she is going to be presenting Women, Money, and Power from a study that was done by Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America. And even if you're not a woman, it's very good information because it's about how women think about money as compared to how men may think about money. And of course, these are generalities. You may have a different opinion yourself, but I think you'll find some really good information in there. Amy is the Vice President of Advanced Markets, and she's responsible for speaking and educating people across the country about uh, lots of different topics. Some of them are uh, this particular presentation. She also talks about uh, divorce issues, social security, health care, retirement, things like that. Uh, she was previously a financial advisor before she joined Allianz and a consultant with Thrivent Financial. And she's been in the industry a number of years and holds some really cool credentials that I won't bore you with at this time. <laughs> So I also have Nicole Maloney in the office with me today. She's another advisor at our company. And we would like you, if you have any comments or questions, to contact us at mcradio at moneycounts.biz and give us some feedback on whether you like the show or not. Uh, we're hoping you will. And uh, this is Amy's first time doing this with us. So if uh, if we start giggling or something, just remember you're listening to three women. So, <laughs> All right, Amy, it's your turn now. Thanks, Debbie. So today we're going to talk about women, money, and power, and really how to take control of your financial future. As Debbie had mentioned, Allianz Life has done some research in the women's market, and one of the things that we've discovered is, is that women just have less confidence when it comes to financial strategies. And as a result, it's sometimes a little paralyzing to women that um, they just don't feel as confident about doing things there or doing things financially therefore sometimes they delay or put things off or procrastinate and that's really what we're going to talk about today one of the things that I'll do as we're going through this conversation if you will is I'll kind of ask some questions of you um, and of course as you're listening along you can answer um, but I'll also tell you what I've heard from a lot of other women that I've talked to and asked these same questions of so we're going to talk about a couple different things. We're going to talk about why you need a financial strategy. We're going to talk about understanding who you are financially and just getting a better sense of how that could impact you in your relationship with money. And then we'll give you some tips on how to get started, really how to move forward and how to take control of your financial future. So let's start first with that first agenda point that I pointed out, why you need a financial strategy. 
There's actually a lot of reasons why you need a financial strategy. One, because of life-changing events. And some of these events are things that we can plan for. In other ways, it's things that may just come about unexpected. We'll talk about each of these in a little more detail. We'll also talk about the sandwich generation, how our roles as women have evolved and how our responsibilities have increased. And then also, um, because we have feelings of financial insecurity, and I, I brought that up before, um, you know, since women are less secure than men when it comes to making financial decisions, it, again, can hinder our performance over time. I think there's, there's an interesting point about this. One of the things that I've learned is, is there's another industry researcher called Limra that did some research in this space, and they, too, surveyed men and women. They also found that women were less confident than men. But I love what they did next. They actually surveyed the level of knowledge amongst men and women and found that, again, women were less confident, but women were actually equally knowledgeable. So that means we have to be that much more planful, that much more educated, and that much more involved to reach that same level of confidence as our male counterparts. So now let's talk about some other reasons why we need that financial strategy, not only to increase our confidence, but because our roles as women have evolved. Did you know that there is now more women graduating from college than men? In 2015, 62% of college graduates were women. And since 1979, women's incomes have increased by 32% on an inflation-adjusted basis. So women are becoming more educated and more involved in the workforce, therefore needing to be even more and more planful than before. Another way that our roles have evolved is really just through our society and the economy and actually our contributions to the household. Did you know that women are now the sole or the main breadwinner in 40% of U.S. households? So our, our families are depending upon us even more so than ever before. And the number of women in the workforce has increased tremendously. Since 1950, 34% of women were in the workforce. Fast forward to 2015, 57% of women were in the workforce. So again, it becomes that much more critical that we're involved because our families are depending upon us, or of course, we may be more even dependent upon ourselves. And we've certainly seen this become the case in our research as well. We found recently in our 2017 study that 53% of women consider themselves to be the chief financial officer of their household. And as a matter of fact, 60% said that they were even that much more financially savvy than their spouse or partner. Are you seeing that in your own practice, Debbie? Oh, yes. Uh, We work with a number of single individuals, so they always have uh, issues when they don't have anybody to talk to about money or they are no one else is around who can contribute to the household. So, uh, we have a lot of cases of that. And then because we're uh, an all-woman firm, we have a lot of women 
who are the leaders of their family coming to us with, uh, with their husbands, but primarily it's the women who are coming in and asking us for help, and, and then the husbands get involved after they've met with us. So we see a lot of leadership in that regard. Yeah, so Debbie, your practice is absolutely indicative of what we're seeing in our research. Women are leading the charge. They're becoming more and more involved than ever before. And even if you're not currently the chief financial officer of your household, the probability that you could be at some point in time in the future is pretty significant. The reason being is, is because women have longer life expectancies. So whether we as women are involved or managing our money, maybe when we're younger, before we're married, or throughout life as single women, or maybe later in life due to divorce or widowhood, women definitely find that at some point in their lives, they're going to be confronted with managing the money. So doesn't it make sense that we're that much more planful and educated and involved so that regardless of what life throws in our direction, we feel more confident about the directions that we're taking. So that actually brings me to a question. Here we're going to ask, how do you feel about your financial future? And what I hear from a lot of women, regardless of who I'm talking to or what part of the country I'm in, I hear a couple different things. One, People may not feel all that confident, but sometimes it's because there are things in life we just can't control, whether it's the stock market, maybe an illness, or uh, legislative changes that could impact us. But there's also, I also see many times women who say, I feel good, I feel confident. And I always ask another question, and that is, Why? Tell me why you feel that way. And most of the time, the response is, because I've been working with a financial advisor, I've received guidance, I was planful, I put together a plan and executed on that plan. And that is such a big deal for a lot of people, and that's usually the critical element that really changes people from maybe that lack of confidence to feeling pretty darn good about where they're at. Regardless of how you feel, though, if you are feeling insecure, you're probably not alone in that. 34% of women that we surveyed said they fear running out of money and in retirement, and it absolutely keeps them up at night. That fear of running out of money is real, and that goes back sometimes to those things we can't control, whether it's, again, the stock market, legislative changes, how long we live or illnesses that we may encounter along the way. Those are all things that can cause some changes or derail our plans. So now let's talk about why or how we might actually be impacted by some traditional values and how that might actually change our perception of money. For some of us, depending upon the generation that we grew up in or who raised us, some of us weren't typically educated on investing in finance. And in some instances, we were taught to marry well versus being well-prepared. And oftentimes, we weren't encouraged to seek careers in insurance or finance. As a matter of fact, I remember my mom told me when she was growing up that she was encouraged to do three things. If she wanted to go to college, she could study three things, and that was she could go to school to be a secretary, a nurse, or 
Oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Or school teacher. Teacher. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> My mom said um, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And she and, also you know, said, make sure that your family never depends on your income because you don't want to be forced to keep working. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, that's good advice, too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Times have changed. Then then there's no pressure. I love it. (laughs) Um, But, of course, that's not really, and it's funny that we laugh about it now, but that's not how a lot of households work. I mean, a lot of households today depend upon two incomes, or, um, of course, we may be single, and depending upon our income, um, and what a lot of people say that we're surveying is the fact that um, really talking to their, their children, their granddaughters, learning some good lessons, teaching good money values can be so important. And one of the things that we're seeing as a result then is that more and more women are encouraging their daughters and their granddaughters to start planning early, to be more self-reliant, and to have a financial plan. So there is a little bit of that, but I think we can all probably agree that money is still a taboo subject. Let's face it. I mean, there are a number of things that are still considered um, polite conversation or not polite conversation. And the not polite would be things like sex, politics, money, religion. I don't know what else we're supposed to talk about. But (laughs) it does make sense for us to overcome the fact that money can be such a taboo subject because if we can talk with one another, we can share our gains, our losses, the things that we've learned along the way, and and ideas or strategies that have served us well, then not only have we done okay, but perhaps we've given others the opportunity to do even better as well and to learn from our mistakes, and our successes. So that brings me to another question. What money messages did you learn from your childhood? Were there things that you were taught, good or bad, that influenced how you feel about money? I bet there may be some things for many of you. One of the things that I was taught by my grandmother who grew up during the Depression, um, she's very frugal, she said, um, Definitely don't pay someone else to use their money. So in that regard, don't pay interest on the money if you don't have to. So because that interest that you're spending or paying someone else is money that you could save or spend elsewhere. And that idea of saving or spending that money elsewhere always sat with me. And to this day, my husband and I don't carry credit card debt because we know that that is money that we could be saving instead or spending instead. So as a result, we've done that much better in managing that money. And that was just one simple lesson that my grandmother um, taught us that really impacted us greatly. So what I would encourage you to do is think about something that you can teach your kids, your grandkids, or another, a friend, a family member, another loved one in your life that could really impact or influence them. Debbie, would you like to wrap up? Sure. Uh, Some of the things you were talking about, we've covered in other shows. I really, I started Money Counts as a company because I felt there was not good education around money Uh, offered in the school systems, even when you got up into the college levels. And I realized I have a sister who's a doctor, and 
she never got any education about running a business or anything financial even in all those years they have you spend to be a doctor or a dentist or any of those professions so if those people aren't learning it I guess it's no surprise that the rest of us aren't either I thought earlier in my life that somehow I had just missed that education but it really there is not any financial literacy program in our schools for the most part I know some school systems are now starting to adopt some things which I think is very necessary so we're often at a disadvantage because people will be talking to us you mentioned you know a woman being an insurance agent, for instance. Well, insurance has its own language. And if you don't know what it is and somebody's talking to you about what kind of life insurance do you want, you have no idea what they're talking about. I remember thinking that I had no idea you had to take a medical exam to get life insurance. I just thought you went somewhere and you bought it. You know, so if you don't have any of the basics, you're going to do whatever the first person tells you to do that you talk to. And that might not be the best thing for you to to um, spend your money on. And it doesn't mean that whatever they offered you was necessarily bad, but we only have so much money to go around. And so we have to be careful with the choices that we make. And that's part of our educational process and how we work with our clients is before we start making changes or before we start um setting goals. We want to look at the big picture and see what's going on now and then what is the best way to reach our goals by prioritizing and focusing. So um, I think that information that you shared with us was very helpful and we're looking forward to hearing some more from you after we take our break. And I hope that everybody this week, this um, When we're recording this is Thanksgiving week, so we're hoping that everybody takes some time to be thankful, and we're thankful for having you listen with us, and we will be back after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355. Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. 
Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Hello, this is Debbie Peterson, and we're back with our guest, Amy Johnson, and we're talking about Women, Money, and Power today, and uh, some results of some a survey that her company, Allianz Insurance, uh, did to find out more about how we feel about money and how those feelings translate into actions as we live our life. Go ahead, Amy. Thanks, Debbie. Before we left or took our break, one of the things that we were talking about was all the reasons why you needed a financial strategy. And we talked about the fact that women have a lack of confidence. We talked about the fact that we might even be influenced um, by the fact that our roles have changed as women in society and in the economy more so than ever before. And as a result, we're having to be more involved. Another reason why we might need a financial strategy is because of life events. Life events can really reshape how we plan for our financial futures. But one of the things to point out here is is that, of course, creating a financial strategy in line with a life event is not a new concept. But what is a little bit different is actually how women view saving for a life event. We look at saving for a life event from more of an emotional values-based standpoint than an economic one. So as a result, sometimes that emotion can drive our maybe our priorities when we're looking at that or maybe um, cause us to look at, at those goals a little bit differently typically than men would. So just something to keep in mind, especially if you have a partner or a significant other that you're talking with about your goals. That's another thing, so Amy. Yeah. Um, that's another, th- another reason why Debbie started Money Counts in the fact of we like to engage clients when they're going through life events. Um, we like to help them plan through those events and um, make sure that they have the right information to choose the right decisions that are best for them and their family. So I just wanted to add that little bit. Absolutely. Thank you, Nicole. 
Um, so let's talk about what some of those life events may be, some things that you may be able to plan or, or plan for or some stuff, heck, can come about unexpectedly. So how about career planning, whether it's getting started in your profession, changing jobs, going back to college, or moving up the career ladder, just making sure that you're covered financially for unexpected expenditures. Another life event could be more family-oriented, whether it's moving in with your partner, getting married, having your first child, sending your children to college, or even caring for an aging parent. Changes in your family status equal changes to your financial security needs as well. Another life event could be more house or home-oriented, whether you're buying your first home or, or maybe downsizing later in life. The appropriate financial strategies can help us purchase and protect the things that we hold valuable. And oftentimes, one of our most valuable possessions is our family home. Or maybe it's more business-oriented, becoming self-employed or even just managing your business. Financial security really forms the basis for the success of your business. Some other life events could be things like starting over, whether it's divorce or widowhood or becoming empty nesters. Challenges that you didn't originally plan for um, can bring about unexpected financial changes. Or maybe retirement, whether it's looking at maintaining your standard of living in retirement or knowing whether or not you've actually saved enough money to retire. The decisions you make now can impact your financial future. So if you hear me say nothing else today, hear me say this. Be proactive rather than reactive. Don't wait for those life events to happen before you put together a solid financial strategy. And, of course, Debbie and Nicole said that they're, they're there to help you through that. Another reason why we need a financial strategy is because we might find ourselves be a member of the sandwich generation where we're caring for aging parents at the same time that we have kids at home or in college, and that can bring about a whole new set of challenges um, from a financial standpoint and um, just a time standpoint, being able to balance and manage all of those things at once. But if you find yourself in this situation, there are some things that you can do. You can set your financial goals and reevaluate them frequently. You can manage your debt, create a financial strategy. And the other thing, especially if you foresee this coming, coming, which a lot of people do, is do these things early, especially saving for your child's college education if that's something you want to do early on. So making sure that you're ahead of that game and, of course, Seeking the help of a financial professional to take some of that off of your plate can also be really helpful as well to feel like um, it's being managed, but it's not something that you're, you, you know, you're not actively managing your, your money every day yourself. Amy, one of the things I've found in our practice and just in life in general is there's a lot of stress in all of these situations and you call them unexpected, but I prefer to call them unplanned because we should expect that things are going to happen, but we don't know which ones necessarily or in what order they might happen. What I found is that the more information you have, the more control you feel and that for uh, that will help you feel less stressed about the situation. Lots of times people think their situation is worse than it really is. 
and they're afraid to talk about it. It's kind of like when you have an unexplained ache or pain and you don't want to go to the doctor because he might tell you there's something really wrong with you. (laughs) So lots of times people don't want to talk about their money because they think, oh my God, somebody's going to know what I'm doing and it's really stupid and I don't want to know that. I'm I'm just going to pretend I hadn't thought about it or something. So uh, we actually have quite a lot of fun with people when they're in the office and we get talking about different things that have happened in our lifetime and how we made some of the decisions that we've made. But I always tell people, I don't think anybody ever gets up in the morning and says, I want to do something really stupid with my money today. We make decisions based on the amount of knowledge that we have and the time that we have to do any more research about it. And then we have to say yes or no or maybe whatever we decide. And sometimes not making a decision is worse than making one. And some people forget about that. So it is important, but think of your stress. When you mentioned that sandwich generation, it's not just the finances that are scary. It's all the time that it takes to, and responsibility that you have. If you're the middle person in that scenario, and if you're fortunate enough to to have a partner in your life, they're feeling the stress too, no matter who's the primary caregiver The other person is taking on more responsibilities for all the other things that you used to be able to do. So, you know, those are some really big challenges that have come about because of our extended life cycles. So uh, when you mentioned that your grandmother said that there were only three jobs that a woman would normally have, in addition to being a homemaker, um, we were not expected to live anywhere near as long as we do now. I remember that uh, 70 was the average lifespan of a person, and I'm getting pretty close to that right now, and I'm glad it's moved ahead some. <laughs> but that does make more opportunities for us to need more money as our life goes on many, many more years than it used to. Debbie, I couldn't agree more. You know, and it's oftentimes where we start and some of the questions that we ask during this during uh, this event that we talk about or our research, you know, what life events are you currently experiencing? How do you feel about that? What challenges are you experiencing that you weren't prepared for? And I love that you say that it's not really unexpected. It's just that, you know, these are events that you can't plan for necessarily, or you're just not prepared for from a timing perspective. And then, of course, yes, looking forward and saying, what life events do you foresee in the future? And, you know, creating strategies to the best of your ability is going to be monumental in making sure that you're confident and that you've taken control of your financial future and you're, and you're taking the steps in the right direction. Um, and, you know, what I hear from a lot of people is, is sometimes it can be a fairly daunting process and it can sound a little overwhelming. And obviously you've heard from both Debbie and Nicole that they're here to help, that they can answer questions that you have, on the, and that they can provide some guidance through some of these um, obstacles or even provide guidance towards some of your goals as well. Because we know from our research at Allianz that knowledge is power. The experience and training of a financial professional can really be invaluable. Of the women that we surveyed that were working with financial professionals, 91% said they felt that much more confident and prepared for their financial futures. 88% said they felt that much more independent and self-sufficient 
and 89% said that they would actually teach their kid about money. So that really means that you can gain a lot of perspective, a lot of confidence, and a lot of direction from seeking the help of a professional. As a matter of fact, three out of four women that we surveyed said they wished they'd reached out to a financial professional sooner. So we've talked about a couple of things. We've talked about the fact that you need a financial strategy and that you could seek the help of a financial professional. Now, let's talk a little bit about who you are financially. One of the things that we discovered during our research is that there were five financial personalities that bubbled to the surface amongst the women that we surveyed. They were financial initiators, and those women are self-assured, empowered, and optimistic. They're clear about their financial goals and how to achieve them, and they take the initiative to work with a financial professional for information and guidance. Does that sound like you? If not, let's talk about the next personality. There were also analyzers. They have a good understanding of household finance, thoroughly researched their investment opportunities, they're comparison shoppers and avid savers, and they've worked with financial professionals in the past. Does that sound like you? If not, maybe you're a financial collaborator. Collaborators are in relationships that are healthy and cooperative. They provide family financial support and stability and they share equally in financial decisions with their partners. Perhaps that sounds like you. If not, we also found that there was financial avoiders. These are people that are overwhelmed by financial choices that are available to them. They avoid taking the steps to resolve financial problems due to a lack of financial knowledge. They know they benefit from seeking the help of a financial professional, but they're just having trouble taking that first step. Does that sound like you? If not, we have one more personality, financial dreamers. They're intimidated by money and investing. They feel helpless and just hope someone else will take care of their financial problems for them. And they'll defer many of their financial matters to their partner or oftentimes to their financial professional. Debbie, how many times have you sat down with someone and they say, Debbie, I trust you. Just tell me what to do. That happens quite a bit. And... You know, of course, you always feel good if someone trusts you, so that's not a bad thing. But we try very hard to get people to understand that there's reasons for the things that we recommend to them so that even if they don't understand the details, at least hopefully they'll understand why we think this is a good idea for their particular situation. And uh, I've worked with all different, all of these personalities, I think the ones that are the hardest to work with are really the um, avoiders because they'll come in and they'll be, oh, I got to get all this done in two weeks and they'll be all gung-ho and then you won't hear from them again for the longest period of time, if ever. (laughs) And then you might get this urgent call like, oh, I really need to talk to you right this minute. (laughs) And then, you know, by the time you... I I usually can't talk to somebody immediately, you know. So if I say, well, can I call you back tomorrow? By tomorrow, they won't even remember what they called about or it will have, you know, they've decided it's okay to avoid it again. (laughs) So um, if you get into a situation, if you feel you're an avoider, I, I do suggest that you try to find somebody who you really like as a person to work with you. 
that you're not intimidated by them, that it's somebody who makes you feel empowered by your conversations, uh, that we have some laughs together like we do in our office and that you feel really comfortable sharing with. And then if you are going to be working on something like that, just remember it doesn't do any good to have all those ideas if you don't implement them. So you want to work with somebody who will help you implement them, but you have to do the work yourself on the things that you're responsible for. Uh, We have people that, you know, decide that they want us to do a retirement plan for them, but then they don't implement the retirement plan. And then they'll come back in a couple of years and say, well, I thought you helped me with my retirement plan. And, you know, we really didn't do anything except talk about it. So it is important to actually implement the plans that you have. One of the things that we've found is it's quite intimidating if somebody uh, gives you a plan that's in one of those big notebooks with all kinds of jargon in it and lots and lots of different numbers telling you why you need to do this numerically instead of talking about why you need to do this from a lifestyle perspective and to reduce your stress and all those other things. Those, to me, are much more important than a particular dollar value. We very rarely set a goal that's based on a certain dollar of money. It's more about what is that goal going to do for you to make you happier or feel more successful. Is there anything you'd like to... Okay. Great suggestions, Debbie. One of the things that I would just mention is is that of those five financial personalities, initiators, ab- analyzers, collaborators, avoiders, and dreamers, think about which one you most closely identify with. And you can actually identify your financial personality by going on to Debbie's web- website at mcradio at moneycounts.biz to pull up or um, – I'm sorry, that's their email – did I get that okay. right or wrong? It's okay. If you did, moneycounts.biz is our website. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, to actually get a copy of a financial personality worksheet, and it's a fun little quiz like we used to do in Cosmo, but way cleaner, I assure you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we will have that information on our website, moneycounts.biz, and it will be in the media section for anybody who's interested. And if after you've done it, you have questions, then you can send those to MC Radio at moneycounts.biz, and we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back after the break. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Think of Money Counts as your financial GPS. Our four-step process helps you discover, assess, build, and implement a strategic plan for your financial future. Our advisors will help you understand how to unleash the hidden potential of your money and obtain more of what you want with the money you already have. Life's milestones, getting married, having a child, buying a home, changing jobs, and ultimately retirement often cause the need to rearrange your financial focus. Money Counts can help you manage your money, allowing you to manage other parts of your life. 
Call us today at 704-315-5623 or visit us on the web at moneycounts.biz to learn more about our services. At Money Counts, our passion is helping you unleash your money's hidden potential. Again, visit moneycounts.biz or call us at 704-315-5623. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities offered through Summit Broker Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, advisory services offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number 704-315-5623. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. If you have a question or comment about the program, please visit our Facebook page or visit moneycounts.biz. You're welcome to submit any and all questions or comments to mcradio at moneycounts.biz. That website again is moneycounts.biz. Now back to this week's program. Hello, this is Debbie Peterson. You are listening to us talk about women, money, and power this week. And we have our guest speaker, Amy Lynn Johnson from Allianz Insurance Company of North America, talking about a study that Allianz commissioned about how we think about money, particularly how women think about money. And Amy's going to start a different section of the topic in just a minute. Go ahead, Amy. Thank you, Debbie. So we really had three things we were going to talk about today. We are going to talk about why you need a financial strategy, and we talked about that. We also talked about understanding who you are financially and what your financial personality is. And now we're going to wrap up by talking about how to take control of your financial future and, and how to get started. So really there's three things that you can do to get started. One is is to identify your most significant financial goals and concerns. Secondly, is to have a conversation with your significant other if you have one. And third is to complete the financial personality worksheet to find out what your financial personality is. And that was what we talked about in the earlier segment. And you can find a copy of that financial personality worksheet on the website at moneycounts.biz. So check that out under the media section to get get that quiz and to find out what your financial personality is. So let's go back to talking about identifying your most 
significant financial goals and concerns. So really, that's pretty, it's pretty easy to jot that down, grab a piece of paper, write down my three biggest financial goals and my three biggest financial concerns. Now, actually determining what those are and jotting them down might be a little more tricky. I know that when my husband and I started doing some financial planning a number of years ago when we were in our 20s, um, our three biggest financial goals were saving for our daughter's college, retirement, and creating an emergency fund. One of the things that I found was interesting is, is we didn't actually agree on the order of priority. I said college, um, the emergency fund, and then retirement. My husband said, no, no, no. It should be retirement, the emergency fund, and college. And I asked him why, and he said, well, we can take out a loan to send our daughter to college, but we can't take out a loan to retire, and frankly, I don't want to live in our basement. And you might even remember earlier in the first segment I had said that women have a tendency to plan for life events from more of an emotional values-based standpoint than an economic one. And I think that story kind of uncovers that because really sending my daughter to college is such a big priority in my life or was at that point in time. Um, And having that conversation with my husband really helped us to get on the same page and to plan for our goals in a way that that worked for us. And then, of course, once you've jotted, jotted down your three biggest financial goals and maybe even prioritized them, then... Identify your three biggest financial concerns, and those could be, you know, what happens if I lose my job or what happens if um, I retire before I'm Medicare eligible at age 65? How would I pay for health care? So you could jot down a number of different things. Or the concern could just be, well, geez, what if the market just goes down again? How would that impact me? So you could definitely jot those three biggest concerns down and Um, You can also prioritize those if you choose. So another aspect of getting started is having that conversation with your significant other, much like I had with my husband. We determined what our goals were together. We determined what they were how to prioritize those together. And even if you don't have a significant other, you may want to bounce that off of a close friend or a family member or even Debbie or Nicole um, just to gain some insight. Sometimes it just helps people to talk through that process. And then the third part of getting started, again, is identifying your financial personality, gaining some perspective on who you are financially and how that might actually impact how you plan and how you view money. And again, you can get that financial personality worksheet by going to moneycounts.biz under the media section to view our financial personality worksheet. I think my biggest message to all of you that are listening today is to take control of your financial future, to take that next step. And that could mean something different for each and every one of you. It could mean maybe saving some more money, putting together a more specific plan, talking to Nicole and Debbie about your situation and your goals. Um, Regardless of what that next step is for you, I highly encourage you to commit to taking the next step. You've been listening. We've been encouraging you. We've been having a great conversation about money. Now it's really to your benefit to take that next step and determine what that is and to take action. 
like Debbie said, like for some avoiders, they'll sit down, put together a financial plan with her, and then they don't actually implement that financial plan, meaning they don't actually implement some of the recommendations that she had, and therefore they're not taking that next step. They took the step of doing the plan, but they didn't take the step of implementing. So it could mean something different for, again, each and every one of you. It's just a matter of determining what that next step is and actually taking that next step. Any thoughts, Debbie? Uh, Yes, I have several. Uh, One of them is that a lot of times people don't feel that they have enough money to come and talk to a financial advisor or a planner. And my thought is that you're not going to learn how to have more money if you don't talk to someone who can help you. There are very many different types of uh, advisors. Some specialize on investments. Some people specialize in insurance products. And some people look at all different types of situations that you may be experiencing, including if you have credit card debt and how your home is financed. And that is how we work with people. We like to look at all the things that you might need to spend your money on and what are some of the major places where we can find opportunities for you to improve your cash flow and free up some money for you to start being able to save. It is difficult in our world as it is today with for instance just so many things dependent on technology and the cost of all that kind of equipment and access to the internet and all of those things that we didn't used to have to spend money on in the past so and you can't be very successful without that so we have to make choices and we want to make good choices but there are always choices. It's not that there's. this is the only thing you could be doing. So try to learn more about that. And the way we work with people, we do not charge for our consulting time. So if you're shopping around for um, someone to help you, there's some questions that you can ask to find out, you know, do they have a minimum account value that they want you to have before you come and talk with them? Are they going to charge you an hourly fee? Are they going to charge you a fee for planning? And I'm not saying that any of those are better or worse than the other. They're just different. I don't want you to be discouraged and think that no one is, that you can't find anybody to help you, which is one of, again, one of the reasons why we started our company was to make sure that if people were willing to share their information with us, we would do the best that we could to help them get a better handle on what types of things that they could be doing and make their life hopefully a little bit less stressful. And then we also do something a little bit different than a lot of planners do. We use business planning principles. We call it strategies for the business of life. And what we're doing is trying to get you to think in a three to five year time horizon when you first get started what would make you feel really successful if you were able to accomplish it. So that way, if we prioritize and we try not to work on too many things, at the, too many goals at the same time, you make headway faster if you're not trying to do five or six things at once and you're only trying to do one or two. That starts building your confidence. And as you mentioned, women tend to be less confident. We, we um, feel sometimes that we don't have as much knowledge as we should before we should make a decision. 
Sometimes we get people who are just the opposite and jump into things. So <laughs> Nicole raised her hand. <laughs> Neither one of those is all good or all bad. You know, uh, some sort of balance between the two is usually good. Um, But if you have a partner, uh, someone that you can work with, even if it's a family member, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's a a, a licensed financial planner, but someone that you can talk with about your issues. I do think you'll find it helpful. And I'm always cautioning not to try to put a very specific time horizon on things. Like you want to say, I'm going to get this done in the next three weeks. And if you don't, then you feel like you're a failure. Try to give yourself a little more leeway. Um, Instead of giving a date, say, this is the order I want to get these things done. And when I get done with this one, I'm going to do the next one. Something like that. You might feel more successful because life is going to get in the way of some of those time horizons. That's a few of the things that came to mind, Amy. That's great advice, Debbie. Not giving yourself a deadline, but giving yourself an order in which you're going to do things so that when you're done with one, you know what the next one is. And I love that suggestion because you're right. People's lives do get in the way, and sometimes we need a little bit of forgiveness, and we need to be a little bit easier on ourselves as we move through this process. And, you know, what's so nice is that you're there to help, and you're you're so understanding and you've been doing this long enough where you can help people through that process and encourage them. And I love that. I think that's so important. Well, we've had a lot of fun over the years doing this sort of thing. And I guess I always think of a story, a real quick one about my sister and she wanted to go on this vegan diet. She's a doctor and she wanted to learn the benefits of a vegan diet. And uh, she decided to give up coffee at the same time. Well, she decided that wasn't a very good combination, (laughs) and it was smarter to drink the coffee and stay on the vegan diet than do it the other way around. (laughs) So just a little bit of a life lesson there. So uh, we're getting ready to wrap up for this week. We're really happy you were able to come and speak with us on this subject, Amy, and I hope everybody found it useful. Please get in touch with us if you have any suggestions for future shows. Again, that's mcradio at moneycounts.biz. And thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential. Be sure to join host Debbie Peterson again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of our show. Opinions expressed are those of the speaker and are not endorsed by the named broker, dealer, or its affiliates. All information has been prepared solely for informational purposes and is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. Certain statements offered are forward-looking, including but not limited to statements that are predictions of or indicate future events, trends, plans, or objectives. Undue reliance should not be placed on such statements because by their nature, they are subject to known and unknown risks and uncertainties. The information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice. You are encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional advisor. Money Counts, Inc. is an independent firm with securities that are offered through registered representatives of Summit Brokerage Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Summit Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Summit Brokerage Services, Inc. and Summit Financial Group, Inc. are separate and unrelated to any other named entity. Debbie Peterson is a registered investment advisor located at 11121 Carmel Commons Boulevard, Suite 355, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Phone number is 704-315-5623.